0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time for What Do You Call It Podcast.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of What Do You Call It? podcast i'm your host gb i'm definitely not re-recording this intro today's guest is a three-time and a current canadian champion winner of the 2021 jericho award he's a podcast like myself a pro wrestler black dynamite jeremy
2: prophet how you doing today mate you're good i'm doing fantastic man it's uh it's been quite a while since i've had the opportunity to converse with another podcaster and uh, give my views, give people an update as to what Jeremy Prophet has been up to. So it is always a pleasure, and you don't got to worry about uh, getting a few words wrong or a few titles wrong in the intro. Like I said, it's the ending that counts. No one remembers the beginning, so you don't got to be nervous. It's not like you're, uh, you know, Brian Kendrick at a Bar Mitzvah. So uh, there's no reason to be nervous. <laughs> I
1: am keeping that in. Um, we definitely didn't really record the intro, by the way. Fucking hell, what a way to start this episode. Wow, uh, thank you for coming on, by the way. Uh, this is, obviously, we have rescheduled free schedule this interview, uh, beyond my control. So I thank you for your patience, and obviously I know your time can be precious. So I want to go back to the beginning, and I want to discuss, when did you first discover professional
2: wrestling? It was in my early youth. I must have been about four, maybe five years old. Uh, saw it on TV, didn't know what it was. And uh, I saw a match of Bret the Hitman Hart against Blake Beverly. And from that point on, I was hooked. I never missed a week. Still watch wrestling uh, pretty much every day. I try to fit it in as part of my routine to at least watch some wrestling, whether it be you know mainstream wrestling like uh, WWE, AEW, uh, whether it be from Japan, Europe, uh, whether it be, you know, my competition here in Canada. Um, it, it's something that I just love professional wrestling. I, if I could wrestle every day, I would do it because I'm the industry, I love the business that much. Uh, I've never taken a day off in my 16 years of doing this, soon to be 17 this coming July. Uh, never took a day off, never been injured, uh, never wanted a day off. Unfortunately, COVID kind of gave us uh, a bit of uh, time off to reflect yeah. and whatnot, but if it were up to me, Uh, I'd be doing this thing day in, day out, nonstop. Uh, I just love it. And it's something that from the time I was a child, it's just like, look, this is what I want to do with my life. It wasn't, I wasn't going to sit behind a desk. I wasn't going to be no kind of pencil pusher. I want to make my living and make my impact on professional wrestling. And I think I've done a pretty good job. I think that I got a lot to contribute still and the Mm -hmm. best is yet to come.
1: No, I respect that, mate. One thing I've got to point out is Bret Hart you know, basically your first exposure into wrestling and you being from Canada. Did you find yourself sort of gravitate towards the Canadian wrestlers, not just Bret Hart, the Hart family themselves, Owen Hart, uh, maybe even Edge and Christian? Uh, it's an
2: interesting question because I didn't even realize, like, again, I started watching at four or five years old. You mm-hmm. don't know what a country is. You don't even know what a, what a province is, you know? So I just, I just liked what Bret brought to my TV screen on a week-in, week-out basis um finding out he was canadian that he's from the same country as me that was pretty cool and uh you know i was a fan of his for his entire run uh, right through into wcw when his career was unfortunately cut short uh well before it should have been but i really feel like if i didn't see that match it's like i say in a lot of other podcasts look if the first match i would have watched would have been maybe uh you know i don't know uh tl hopper against bastion booger uh i don't know if we'd be having this interview here and there'd be a jeremy prophet i'd probably be uh i'd be a major league baseball player i'd be a, i'd be a mixed martial artist um but i saw Bret hart do his thing and that made me want to watch every other week so i definitely think that it's one of those things when you look at the path that you take in life uh this definitely influenced the journey and that's why i'm here and that's why we're creating such great content for your listeners
1: yeah man shout out to teo hopper by the way no one bad mouths the, the new generation in the comments by the way i don't care what anyone on, on a footnote
2: On on, on a footnote, I will say, ironically, the first match I ever saw live, so the first event I ever attended was a WWF house show at the Montreal Forum, here in Montreal. It would have probably been 1990, I want to say 94, maybe 95. Um, And the first ever match I saw live was Bastion Booger against Owen Hart. First match I saw live in person. And did
1: Owen work his magic, by the way? Did he get a good match? Oh, it was amazing.
2: It was amazing because my young self saw the size of Bastion Booger and the size of Owen. And I'm like, there's, you know, how's he going to win? This is impossible. This guy could just sit on him and, uh, you know, end his life right here in front of the 20,000 people in the arena. But Owen put on such an amazing match, told such a great story, came away with the win. And I was like, wow. So I, I guess the influence of the Hart Brothers and the Hart Foundation and, and the entire family have always kind of been there for me because first match I see on TV was Brett. First match I saw in person was Owen.
1: I'm jealous, by the way. you got to see Owen live, man. Like, it's, I've actually got my own heart out here. Like, it's the Hart family. I, like, I think I want to point out what you said. Like You didn't actually know they were Canadian and obviously about the country stuff like, until like, you got older. And it made me think, Actually, a very good point. I didn't realise was actually from Canada until '97, when he was trashing, like, America, which I absolutely loved, by the way. Uh, <laughs> which, which I thought was brilliant, man. Um, yeah, I mean, so- it, 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 takes me, it takes
2: me back to my younger days because, like, mm. I remember every Saturday morning here at noon, we yeah. would have wrestling on TV. And I just I remember I loved so many of the characters on there, so many of the great wrestlers. It was Bret Hart, um, Owen, obviously. Uh, but even like guys like uh, X Pac, like the One Two Three Kid, uh, yeah. Tatanka, uh, these were the guys I enjoyed watching. Uh, I enjoyed watching tons of these guys, except mm. for maybe like you know Lex Luger when they started kind of pushing him as being the face of the company, the all American. I never really got age well. I, I not, really got age well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's like. To me, he was always the narcissist, and yeah. I, just, I couldn't see past that, no matter how they wanted to repackage him. Mean, nah, this was the guy with the mirrors, flexing, thinking he's all that. I don't like this guy. I wasn't buying it.
1: <laughs> oh, sweet, mate, sweet. Hello there. Normally, I'm excited to do the guest announcement videos, but, well, this guy is different. You'll understand why. Here he is.
2: I have no idea what you're talking about, my guy. The thing is, you're talking to the money mogul himself, Cash Money Sash. I am the fastest rising star in British wrestling today. One half of Money Mountain, the fastest rising tag team in British wrestling today. Champ champ settings, baby. I am the money, I am the mogul, I am the A-side and I am the draw. My name is Sash and Sash is Cash. Get excited because this is gonna be the most money flowing episode of your podcast that you'll ever
1: get. Yeah, you heard. You've been a lifelong wrestling fan, seeing Owen Hart wrestle, Bret Hart being your first exposure to wrestling. When was it that you knew in your life that you wanted to become a professional wrestler? A specific- well, it would have
2: definitely been, no, it would have definitely been sometime would in high school. sometime knew in was school. I knew I was this was going to a shot, and I a I'd be pretty damn good at it. Um, it was right when I had graduated we were having a party, and uh, it a brought to my attention that one of my best friends, of younger brother had been training at Jacques Rougeau's wrestling school for uh, about a year, maybe a year and a half at that point. And he said Jacques was taking a new set of students, asked me if I'd be interested. Uh, I said, yeah, sure. But Just tell me when, and I'm there. And he's like, well, if you want, you can come tomorrow. So this was on a Friday, and the class was happening on a Saturday. So I was just like, okay, I'm there. I uh, went out that night, bought a pair of elbow pads, knee pads, and bought a pair of wrestling shoes, but not, not like boots. They were amateur wrestling shoes, A6, yeah. amateur wrestling Shoes red, I still have them. They're probably gonna be in a hall of fame someday as my first set of wrestling shoes. But um showed up and I said, Okay, I gotta study up on this. So I spent the whole night. I don't even think I slept. Um, I studied everything about wrestling, any information that I could find online. Uh, I remember stuff from Tough Enough, you know, hold your breath when you take a bump, all these kinds of things. So I'm like, I'm gonna go in there ready and I'm gonna impress them because I thought like this is my shot. Like, if I don't impress them at the school, they're not gonna take me. And so I showed up the next day and I was pretty much, uh, in their words, I was a natural. Uh, Whether I am or not, I don't know. But I do think that when you have the right combination of talent and hard work, then that's always going to open doors for you. And uh, I don't think there's anyone willing to work as hard as I am. Uh, And the talent, well, by the grace of God, uh, I think I was blessed with a decent amount of that too. So the rest, as they say, is history. I got to learn from Jacques Rougeau, meet a lot of great people. And the ironic thing in that is that recently I've reconnected with Jacques And he's been working on this amazing project called Wrestling Academy or Luth Academy, as we call it here in Quebec. And it's basically something that has been something I've been passionate about and outspoken about for the past couple of years in saying how Canadians don't get the same opportunities as wrestlers from the United States uh, or even wrestlers from from the UK. Uh, These are scenes that have a lot of exposure and great talent. I think we have great, exceptional talent here in Canada, but we unfortunately don't get the same kind of exposure. So this is a project designed to help Canadian wrestlers get exposure and get an opportunity to be seen by the biggest wrestling school in the world, the Nightmare Factory, and potentially be able to showcase their skills on a big stage, make a living doing this, get the exposure that we've been robbed of for so long. And Jock's the one spearheading this movement That's why I've thrown my support behind it. I'm in it, and I'm in it to win it. And uh, that, as I like to say, that's the truth.
1: It's funny you mention this, and this is the first time I've ever done this on the show. I have a surprise guest. Someone actually wants to talk to you about this wrestling academy. Mm -hmm. I've never done this before, but I'm going to bring him in, and uh, it's going to shock some of the viewers. and It's even shocked myself that I've been able to pull this off. But uh, I'm going to let him in now. And I think he's got a few things he wants to say to you. Oh!
0: Hello.
1: How's it going? How is it going? <laughs> Look what I've been able to pull off, by the way. I, 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 I don't know how I did it, but... Even I'm marking out, but this is specifically for you, Jeremy, and to discuss Western <laughs> Academy.
2: <laughs> Hello guys. Hello, Jeremy. Hello, Jacques. How are you? I'm I'm doing fantastic. E- even better now that you're here.
0: Thank you so much. How are you doing, George? It's been a while since we've seen each other. I know, I know. I've got
1: the smile on my face, the fact that we have able <laughs> to pull us off, and to have you appear on the show, it's just mind-blowing, uh, but I've been great. I hope you've been doing well. For anyone that has listened to this podcast before, knows me as a person, knows that I am a huge, huge mountain fan.
0: Thank you. <laughs> it was really nice meeting you when I did meet you at the convention in London, I believe That was it, thank you, you remember it as well that's awesome, Yeah, man. for sure You're a very nice, you're a very good character You you should be in wrestling <laughs> oh, mate.
1: I got the stamina for that, mate I'll leave that to Jeremy
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Jeremy wow. yeah. Wasn't expecting this Hey, I'm, I'm so happy Jeremy, you look, listen, you know I uh, That's what I put long sleeves on because I know you're gonna I, I, I can't believe that. Look at those arms. Jesus. <laughs> you know, I know Jeremy, now I understand why your name is Jeremy Prophet. Because because long time ago when you came to my wrestling school, you had a prophecy. You know, you had something you had an idea of what was coming for you. And you know what? I'm, I'm so pleased, Jeremy, that you're, you have joined. You are one of the first guys who helped yes. me on Wrestling Academy, put this together, helped me every kind of way possible. You're such a great guy, and I'm glad to be here for you, Jeremy. Oh, well, thank you. I mean, this is a
2: pleasant surprise, and, and you're doing such a great thing for Canada. I don't just say that as one of your former students, but as a wrestler who's lived through the struggles that we go through here, doing show after show, doing tours, doing all these things from Vancouver to St. John's all throughout the country and seeing people in the United States getting those opportunities ahead of us. Um, You're one of the only ones that's taken your position, your legendary status and said, I'm not just going to use this for me. I'm going to use this to help out other guys so that their path can be a little easier than what I had to go through to make it to the big leagues. And I think that that's why I've gotten behind this. And I'm going to aggressively fight for this because I believe in it. And I believe every one of those talents in the academy deserves that opportunity.
0: Well, you know what, Jeremy? I thank you very much. But there comes a time in the life where you got to pause the flambeau there. How did the torch? You got to pass the torch. (laughs) And, you know, to to be honest with you, Jeremy, when you accepted, you know, you made me so happy because you are in... When I talked to everybody and since I left me from my wrestling school, I haven't seen you, we lost contact. And then when I start talking about you again and everybody's saying the same thing, Jeremy Prophet's going to win this thing. He is one of the top contenders in Canada, one of the best wrestlers in Canada. And so now I'm so, you know, I'm so enthusiastic because I was starting with the best and then we put some others in there. But yeah, like you say, it's a, it's the first of a kind It's taking, uh, because every province has their own territories. And and now to take the best of every territory and bring them together for a competition like this. And and, 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 you know, and and if if the people don't know out there, it's just, it's a great competition. It's going to be an elimination competition where we start with 40 contestants. There'll be 30 males and 10 women. And we're going to eliminate four every week. And there'll be a panel of judges by the ring, which will be three judges that are gonna judge not by who wins or who loses. That's not important in the match. And I made that clear to everybody. They're gonna be judged by their charisma, by their talent, uh, by their savoir faire in the ring, you know, and how they maneuver in the ring. And and, and all these three judges are, are gonna vote, but they're only gonna vote for 40% of the votes. And then 60% of the votes, it's gonna be fans and people and Georges. They're gonna text from everywhere around the world. And they're gonna say, we wanna keep Jeremy Prophet in there. And so so it's going to be a great, great contest. And what's marvelous of all this is on the last week, we have QT Marshall from the Nightmare Factory who's going to be a judge live with us. So he's going to see the last eight contestants together. And the last four are going to have a chance to go at the wrestling school for an evaluation. But here's the deal, Jeremy. And this is only yesterday. Because QT Marshall and my deal I made with them that he was going to take my four talents. I was going to go down to Atlanta, Georgia, to the Nightmare Factory and, and spend one day. So they could look at you in the ring. You could do an interview. So you had to be right there on the money. But now because of QT Marshall's hearing about me because I'm doing podcasts in Australia, I'm doing them all around the world. And I keep mentioning him. And now he's starting to get calls from everybody. So he called me yesterday morning and he said, Jacques. What are you doing? He says, I'm hearing about the Nightmare Factory around the world now. So he said, listen, Jockeys, you're doing such a great job in marketing and you're doing such a great job for the Canadian talent. It's so nice what you're putting together. I'm going to give you a week instead of one day. So you're going to bring your four people down and not only they'll have a one chance, like you never have a second chance to, to make a first impression. Well, in this case, it's not going to be like that. You're going to have seven days to make a first impression. And that makes the whole difference in the world because... When you're there, you can be so nervous, you know, the first time and more comfortable the second day and the third, it's better. And plus that, which I imagine when well, I'm going to be there with you guys, I'm sure I'll be there with you, Jeremy, if you make it. But I'm sure you will be. And, and we're going to be there in the gym. We're going to be there in the arena. And then who knows who's going to pop in? Maybe the superstars are going to come because a lot of people, a lot of the talent of today in the big leagues are training there too. So they'll get a chance to talk to you guys and see you guys. It's just an amazing thing that happened. I appreciate. As a matter of fact, just to give me a little bit of credibility, can we see the QT Marshall interview? I'd love to show you this. George, can you put that together?
1: I can get this arranged and I'm going to do it now. Here
0: we go. Here's the footage. Hello wrestlers across Canada, this is QT Marshall with AEW, and I am also the co-owner of the Nightmare Factory. And I just wanted to wish each and every single one of you good luck in the Wrestling Academy 2022. I'll be paying very close attention, following your journey, and I also look forward to being a guest judge. Good luck with everything. Jacques Rougeau is a great, great mind to be around. I can't wait, but this is very exciting, and like I said, I will be following your journey and hope to see each and every one of you soon. Wow! Oh. Isn't that – now, isn't that something? I mean, then so anybody who doubts of this, this is not the uh, uh, Lucy in the Wonderland or it's not the Wizard of Oz. This is the true thing here. Four Canadian talents will be received. And I like the enthusiasm he has about it. You see, I'm going to follow this journey. And plus, he says that I'm smart. I love that part. But anyway, <laughs> I got I to tell you. Jeremy, this is awesome. And, and you know, Jeremy, there's so many people involved, like old-timers, like Coco Beware, Million Dollar Man, Ricky Steamboat, The Dragon, Tito Santana, Lanny Poffo. It goes on and on. You can go see the website, ladies and gentlemen. Go on wrestling-academy.ca and go see what's happening. And, and, and one message that really touched me, they all touched me, but one in particular, you talk about the best wrestler that ever came out of Canada, an iconic Brett the Hitman Heart. George, can you try and get that interview, of Brett, just for inspiration for Jeremy?
1: This clip is the best there is, the best to was, and the best there ever will be. I love it. Hey, guy, man.
0: <laughs> hey, this is Brett the Hitman Heart. and I want to wish all the best to Jock Rougeau and his Wrestling Academy 2022. I know they got a big event coming up, a big contest and a great opportunity for wrestlers across Canada, men and women to train and maybe win $5,000 and ultimately get a chance to train with QT Marshall and the nightmare factory and maybe get a chance to maybe wrestle for AEW. But all I know is this is a great opportunity for every young wrestler. And I want to just thank Jock Russo for putting the idea together. I hope it works out really well and may the best wrestlers win. What can we say more than that? Yeah. I mean, if I'm a Canadian wrestler, if I'm a Canadian wrestler, Working in all the, the, the leagues, that, you know what? I got to tell you something. Brett inspires me in saying this. There's two reasons why the Canadians sometimes are not able to go into the States. Hmm. Sometimes in our business, it's not what you could do. It's who you know. And then some other times, it's being at the right place at the right time. And now this opportunity that we have together, all of us, is that. It's being at the right place at the right time because QT Marshalls Wrestling School, all the big leagues around the world are looking to have his school to recruit. So that's what I call being at the right place at the right time. And Jeremy Prophet has been such an asset to the wrestling business. He's been around, he's had triumphs around, but sometimes it wasn't the right time because he has the talent. He definitely has the talent. I can guarantee you that. He does. That's
1: why. So Jeremy...
0: so, Jeremy, I don't know if I, I can't see you there. Are you there, Jeremy? I'm I here. I just want I just want to tell you, Jeremy, you know, I, I out of out of every wrestler that I've I had a 20-year wrestling school. And he is one of the top class acts, not only in the ring, outside the ring. Just about a couple of months ago, I was I was initiated as a spokesman for the homeless in Montreal, Quebec that they took me as a spokesman. And, and, and I asked Jeremy, because it's, a, it's around his place, he lives not far from there, and he's a king around his place. So I asked Jeremy, Jeremy, would you come spend the day with the homeless? And we're gonna take my big mat, and we're gonna do some wrestling moves, and we're gonna flip them around a little bit, make them live, make them have a normal life for one day, you know? And Jeremy was right there on the button. He said, yes, sir. And he came with Jessica, this beautiful lady that wrestles too. And, you know, it was an awesome day. Devin Hannibal Nicholson came from Toronto. And, you know, it's like everybody joined in. And Jeremy, you are an example for a professional wrestler, how to be in and out of the ring. And I congratulate you for that. Well, well, I I
2: appreciate the kind words very much. And I I pride myself on being a professional in all aspects of what I do. Uh, Anytime the camera is on or even anytime I'm around people, I want them to get the sense that I'm not just a person who goes in the ring and does a couple of moves. I want to really connect with those people and give them their money's worth. Even if it's just a free event, I want to make sure they're enjoying themselves. That's a professional wrestler's job is to give them that experience. And when it comes to the Academy, I plan on doing the same thing. I've worked very hard. I see a lot of people talking about how this competition, it means a lot to them. I think it means a lot to a lot of people, but I don't think it means as much to everybody as it does to me because this is the opportunity I've been looking for. I've been fine-tuning all my skills, training as though I have the job already, even though I don't have it. So I I, got to say, I I pity the other people in this that have to go against me, because (laughs) I'm bringing 110%. I'm bringing my A game, and hey, you know, I I don't like losing at anything. So I'm very competitive. (laughs) And I really feel, once it's all said and done, I will be one of those Winners, whether it's in singles, whether it's in tag team. Um, can't go for the women's one. I think Jessica will probably take that. But singles or tag team, it doesn't make a difference. I will be one of those winners. I will be at QT school. And I think that this is only the beginning, and this is a wonderful chapter in the story of the Jeremy Prophet jacques Rougeau relationship.
0: Wow, wow. Hey, listen, Jeremy, those things that you have uh, hanging from your shoulder, uh, are they real? Of course. Yeah, can I get a can I get a shot, a bicep shot? There? Give me a bicep shot there. Yeah. Give me a bicep. Okay, hey, look, look at this here. For an old man there. For an old man there. Yeah. But you know, Jeremy, I gotta tell Don't you. myself great, right you know? and, and, what, and you know what I like about Jeremy? He's he's natural. Yeah. You know, he's one of the few guys that has worked for like 20 years to build the body. He didn't take two years to build his body, he took 20 years, but he's where he is now. And the funniest thing that I like about Jeremy and I like about myself. It's like if I fall sick or Jeremy hurts himself, breaks a bone in the ring or something like that, and he can't work out for two months, he's barely going to lose any size because he's normal. So it's going to be easy for him to get back his muscle mass because it's normal muscle mass. It's natural muscle mass. And that's a quality that people don't have in this business. They don't have the the, the stamina to look 20 years ahead and 15 years ahead and say, I'm going to take the long road, but I'm going to take the sure road. And now you are a perfect athlete. You talk so well, Jeremy, on the microphone. I'm going to tell you what, you are the guy that everybody's got to watch in this competition. I definitely think so. And I appreciate you putting the emphasis on
2: natural, because that's something I'm very big on, that I've done this the long way, the hard way, but the right way, most importantly. And you're not going to see me like one of those guys on TV that'll look really big and great for maybe a couple of weeks and then suddenly they'll (laughs) deflate like a balloon no natural no performance enhancing
0: substances no steroids nothing like that totally drug-free on my end as a matter of fact i'm wondering how are they going to fit you in your coffin when you die
2: (laughs) (laughs) the the good news is i plan i'm going to live forever or die trying (laughs)
1: <laughs> i love it man i love it it's a good thing jeremy's got sunglasses on after the way you've been speaking about him by the way
0: <laughs> uh, it, 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 george i take my word it's all deserved and you know what it, it, it's it's so much credit to a guy like that and people don't recognize that they yeah. don't they think that they look at a guy muscle like jeremy they all already they have prejudice about it they are they already have ideas made about the guy yeah. you know they and and and, and I'm a guy that's 61 years old and I'm still in great shape. You know, I, I went in the ring the other night at the uh, uh, N-E-W. Major return, yeah. the driver, yeah. Yeah, and I did the <laughs> nip-up. Did you see the nip-up that I did? Yeah, I, awesome. on the, I, I lay on my back in the ring and I can still do a nip-up. I'm 61 years right. old because I never I never abused my body. Yeah, and, yeah. And, but nobody knows, and especially when you're 61 years old, George, you have no idea. I spend the gym five days a week and I still train for about 45 minutes, less weight, but I still train. I keep my muscles pumped so they're not shrinking so fast, you know, because when you get old, your muscles shrink, yeah, you know, yeah. your muscle mass shrinks. But I, you look at me in a bathing suit and sometimes I walk on the beach and the girls go, <laughs> you know, and I'm, and I'm 61 years old, you know, but it comes with a lot of sacrifices because a lot yeah, of yeah. guys, a lot of guys, they go through a hard time. They, how do you say they crush? they, they, uh, um, they uh, they disconnect. A lot of guys disconnect. They have a nice career, four or five years, and then they have three years where they get out of wrestling, say, stop working out. And you can't do that to have a body like Jeremy and a body like mine at 61 years old. It's a constant thing. It's like getting up in the morning, brushing your teeth. And sometimes there's some days I'm sure Jeremy, you'll approve. You just don't freaking feel like going to the gym, but you know what you do? Like me, you get up and you get in. And when you Walk in the gym, the the pain is less and when you walk out of the gym, you're so proud of yourself that day you didn't feel like it, you went anyway. And, yep. and so that's what it is. And people don't connect to that in life. They think they look at you, oh, he works out but they don't know that we have off days and we yeah. have off seasons, but we still keep thriving and doing what we like because our passion is to make it and to be the best. Yeah. I mean,
2: the way I look at it, we're, we're all human beings and a lot of people, some may like going to the gym, but I mean, it's not the first thought on our mind. We have our whole life to live, but it's an essential part of being at the very least an athlete. And I consider myself, some people say, Oh, wrestlers, you're just you're a showman. You're not athletes. You're, you're <laughs> yeah. wrestlers. you should be athletes and i treat my body like an athlete i eat the right things i go to the gym look we're, we're living in a horrible lockdown right now we've, we've had uh, gyms have been closed here in in quebec Is for uh, almost two months two months but that doesn't yep. stop me i'm still working out at home i'm still working out every day the same way as if i were going to the gym it's, it's yep. just a detour in the road but it's not going to stop me who needs to be a professional who needs to look like a professional because if I get the call tomorrow from QT Marshall or from one of the major companies or from Japan or wherever, and they say, Hey, we need you. It's not as though I'm going to be, Oh, well, I, I can't, I gotta, I gotta get back in shape. I got, no, oh. I stay in shape. I stay ready. I stay 10. I stay lean and ready to fight because I know that call can come at any time. And like with Lute Academy, you know, the call came
0: and I'm
2: a guy who's, You're ready. I'm ready. I'm ready yesterday.
0: And you know what the funny thing about that is, you know, you I have a routine myself, you know, Jeremy, I have a certain machines that I do in the gym to pump my chest and to pump my arms and to pump my legs. But you know what, when the pandemic happened and we couldn't do that anymore, Instead of doing 200 reps on the bench, I did 200 push-ups with, on my car or somewhere. And then I did some free squats. No weights, just free squats. I was doing 200 squats a day. And then I was pushing down triceps on natural, just making my own weights with natural things around the, my place. And, and and that's why I was walking around and the people were always saying to me, oh, you got a gym at home, man, huh? which I don't. They would say, you got a gym at home? And I'm saying, no, I just got a lot of volonté. How do you say that? Volonté. How do you say yeah, that? A lot of, you
2: got a lot of drive.
0: Yeah. A, a will. A will okay. to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, listen, guys. The, the most important thing for me right now is, and, and it's so important, to make this a success because Rome was not built by one person in one day. So I'm. it takes a lot of people to build this project. And I have great partners like you, Jeremy. So the most important now, George, you tell everybody to go on wrestling-academy.ca. Subscribe. And then follow when we start. We should start in approximately in May. And then now that you know that I told you, you could vote for Jeremy Profit and you could vote for whoever you want to. And you're going to decide out of my thing that we're doing now, who's going to be the winner. And so you could participate, get into this, go see the website. You'll see all the talent. They all have videos. And it's amazing just to go look all the talent that we do have in Canada.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. For, for feeling this uh, for Jeremy who deserves the praise as what a surprise um, we'll be in touch and I've got to get you on for a separate episode but thank you for your time George honestly legend to me and a hero but a mentor to Jeremy thank you thank you
0: George George you're very welcome and, and, and you know I've liked you from the first start I met you in London and, and and I'll be there for you and if you please promote wrestling-academy.ca that would be the best I gift will. you could give to me
2: when it comes to Jeremy Prophet, there's two things you can expect excitement like you've never seen before, and moments you'll never forget. I am Jeremy Prophet. Spring 2022 Wrestling Academy. I'll see you there.
1: Oh, man. So, what did you think like uh, yeah did i do well come on
2: well it's not every day that i get surprised like that so uh yeah i gotta say that's uh pretty impressive that you were able to get him on and uh i think that the, the listeners the viewers uh were definitely in for a treat there and uh it's gonna be right after the control
1: right like I'm, i myself like i think i was just mesmerized like obviously he's put him back Wrestle Academy and talk about you and just the man himself. I think, he's, man, I think he is a true wrestling legend and for him to fully endorse you and I'm honestly behind this Wrestle Academy, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. But we're going to resume our talk. We're going to talk about your career as well. Uh, one thing I want to point out, because I know you've had a few tryouts uh, before. Uh, how many tryouts have you actually had with the WWE? You've had quite a few, haven't you?
2: Uh, yeah, so I had a week-long trial with the WWE in December of 2009 with FCW, mm-hmm. just before it became NXT, yep. um, so that was under the guidance of uh, Steve Kern, Billy Kidman, Norman Smiley, Dr. Tom Pritchard, uh, I got to learn from all of them, uh, it was a great time, felt like I aced that camp, I felt like I was the top can't-miss prospect there, uh, no exaggeration, no hyperbole. Uh, I've often said if I could do it over again, I don't even think I would do as good. And I also believe I'm a million times better now than I was then, but the way the stars aligned on all the drills on everything, how well I did at at every possible aspect of what they were evaluating, uh, it could not have gone any better. Unfortunately, it's one of those things where it's a case of who, you know, and, and, you Maybe there were things that worked against me because other people were more aggressive. Maybe they called the office more. They stayed on top of things. Um, but every c- comment that I got from the trainers there, they, they all love me. I, yeah. I, I took them by storm. Uh, I think it's because I just went in there with my with my usual attitude of you know just going in and. Being myself, not being some scared, intimidated person. It's just like, look, uh, I know I belong in professional wrestling. I know my place in this business. I don't have the insecurities that a lot of people that professional Hmm. wrestling seems to attract has. I don't. Um, You know, I look at everybody as a human being. They put on their pants the same way I do, one leg at a time, uh, unless they're maybe missing a leg. But uh, even in that case, it's still one leg at a time. Uh, (laughs) No, I, just, I just walk into somewhere and I let my, I let my personality do the talking. I'm I just yeah. I, I'm just me all the time. I'm not some person walking on eggshells. Yeah. Um, there's an interview I did with, with, uh, with TJ Wilson, with Tyson Kidd, where he said that that's what caught his attention about me and I guess why we became friends and still keep in contact was he said there's just this aura, this personality about me. And, and I think it's that. It's that I'm not intimidated by the world of professional wrestling. I know I belong there. So I, you know, I, I fit in and stand out at the same time and I'm comfortable. Just as comfortable as I am talking wrestling, mm. being on camera here. My yeah. life could be on camera I'd be comfortable.
1: That's I would say, like, you're you are you're not cocky, you're confident. And some yeah, people well, might be of off there. When,
2: yeah, well, when you put in the work and you work to be good at something, I think it's okay to be confident. It's okay to be outspoken and say, yeah, I'm good. I'm really damn good. And yeah. people who are insecure who are rubbed the wrong way by people who are so confident and so secure in what they do to the point where they try to lower the playing field to make it seem like anyone who shows any ounce of anything other than humility Mm -hmm. is viewed as somebody who's arrogant. But arrogance is false confidence. Arrogance is believing you're really good at something without actually having the talent, the natural talent or the work ethic, to be able to achieve that level. I don't ever claim to be anything that I'm not. I'm not one of these guys who's gonna be selling you wolf tickets, who's gonna be saying, hey, I'm the greatest at this, I'm the greatest at that, if I'm not. My hype is as good as I am, and it never goes beyond that, and that's why I'm confident in it. And that's why I say, you know, even in a thing like, let's say, Wrestling Academy, or if anyone wants to compare themselves to me, it's like, okay, if you don't think I'm as good as I say, well then, or you're better than me, then, you know, how many things better than me then and when you look at my place in professional wrestling and people are going to say oh you know this is being arrogant he's being outspoken it's like no i'm self-aware i'm aware of the fact you don't see wrestlers in as good of a physical condition as me and natural you don't see wrestlers with my athleticism and athletic gifts you know the agility the 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 the, the durability the, the stamina, the endurance, all of those things. You don't see wrestlers with my brain, with my psychology, my storytelling, all of those kinds of things. You don't see wrestlers who can equally entertain you in a candid interview like this, sitting here, talking to you, saying things that are witty, making you laugh, making you think, provoking your thoughts, yeah. and at the same time can do that in front of an audience of a thousand people, thousands of people, can do that in front of just a camera, just me and that camera and whoever is behind it, whether it be millions of people watching, whether it be one person. Uh, You don't see someone with my versatility. You want to know who I am in wrestling, what makes me special? Uh, I feel I'm the guy who can do everything. It's just, you know, give me any kind of a situation. I can do everything. Compare me to anybody out there from, you know, someone who's maybe taken their first bump in a wrestling ring all the way up to the, you know, Hangman Adam Pages and the Roman Reigns of this world. And it's like, yeah, there are guys who can maybe do one thing better than me, but when it comes down to it, how many things do I do that are better than them? And it's, it's you know, saying you're better than somebody. And what, and it's like, I'm not saying I'm better than somebody. I'm saying I do a lot of things better than they do, better than the next guy. Find a guy who does something better than me. I bet you I do at least two or three things better than he does.
1: If there is a listener that hasn't been aware of you and they do go on YouTube, one thing I do want to point out is you are versatile. Matches, you're able to have a competitive match with Scott Steiner, and then, like, had a really good match with Mike Bailey. How many wrestlers can say that? Like, not not putting down Scott Steiner. I love him, like, one of my favourites, but I'm just saying he's not as mobile as he was. So, yeah, I'm basically sort of adding to what you have said as well. Like, versatile, you know, it's not, you don't just have one style of wrestling. It's,
2: it's, I never wanted to be one-dimensional. Some guys are really good at one thing. They stick to their lane. That's it. Yeah. So I believe in training my strengths as much as I train my weaknesses, um, which can be in a literal sense. Like someone will say to me, hey, you got pretty big arms, you know? And it's like, yeah. And I still train my arms as much as I train my abs, as much as I train my legs, as much as I train my calves, my, my neck, all those kinds of things. I believe in training your strengths as much as your weaknesses. I believe in why, why have only one kind of punch that you can throw? Why not, why not have five or six? Believe it or not, watch a Jeremy Profit match. I can throw probably 10 different punches and that's just because i want to be as eclectic as possible i want to be able to be as diverse so that if people are seeing one standard way of doing things i have many more you know i can throw 10 20 different styles of kicks why not because i need to but because the more you know the better you are i think my toolbox is more complete than anybody in professional wrestling because I don't just want to know one way to do things. I don't want to just show, oh, well, that's how he always puts on a headlock. Oh, that's how he always throws a punch, throws a clothesline. I want to have all these different tools at my disposal. You look at people in the world of mixed martial arts. You know, if, if you're a one-dimensional fighter, you could be the best boxer in the world. You're still going to meet a guy who might be a great wrestler or a great grappler who's going to be able to beat you. You know, yeah. I don't want to be a, I, I don't, in a game of rock, paper, scissors. You know, I, I got all three at my disposal. You know, I, I don't just want to be the one who's only one dimensional and only brings one thing. But wrestling these days, especially on the independent scene, you see a lot of guys who are top wrestlers, considered top stars, or popular. They sell a lot of merch on pro wrestling tees or whatever the metric is that you measure success by in this day and age. And they're only good at one thing. They're just a promo. They're just uh, a, 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 an actor. Yeah,
1: uh, like like a gimmick or something. something.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Just a gimmick. They're, they're, they're just a body, and then that body is probably a 90% chemical-induced. So when it comes down to it, me, I want to be good at everything. I want to be great at everything because mm-hmm. I want to look the part, speak the part, and most important of all, deliver in the ring, bell to bell. And that's, that's Jeremy Prophet in a nutshell. That's my place in the wrestling business. I, I use an equation uh, here to explain why I feel I'm the best in Canada and I dare anyone to dispute it, and I say, here's the equation. And if you want a little teaser clip for the, this episode before you release it so people can get a feel, <laughs> here's, here's the Jeremy Prophet equation. So first of all, you got to take all the guys who don't look as good as me, and then you disqualify them, take them out of the equation. Then you've got to take all the guys who are maybe in better shape than me or look better than me. And then you take all the ones who, who've done steroids, and then you gotta disqualify them, take them out of the equation. Now, already we're pretty much left with nobody, but, but let, let's humor the equation as we go along here. Then you gotta take the ones who are not able to host a podcast, go on another person's show, keep people entertained, make sure that the audience is hyped, be able to give this guy a mic with no script, no planning, go out there, shoot from the hip, pretty much what I do on a, on a week-in, week-out basis. And if they can't do that, you gotta disqualify them. You gotta take the guys who can't do the same thing just in front of a camera without flubbing their lines, tripping over their words, and making themselves look like they're an unarticulate bum um, without having the audience there and just them and entertaining with no feedback to judge from. If they can't do that, then you know they're they're not Jeremy Prophet either. And then we're at the wrestling. So when it comes to wrestling, like you say, they gotta have that versatility be able to wrestle the guys like Scott Steiner just as much as the guys like Mike Bailey, which, you know, between the two of them, we know that wrestling a guy like Mike Bailey, you don't have to put in a lot of work because, you know, he's he's a show all onto himself. But yeah. the same versatility for me to go in there and fight a guy like uh, like Hannibal, who, you know, is a a, a, a dangerous, uh, a hardcore kind of wrestler, uh, to wrestling a finesse guy like Bailey, to wrestling uh, an entertainer like a like a Eugene, Nick Densmore, Uh, You know, all these matches that you can go online on YouTube and you can see me do. I have the versatility to fight all those people and still be able to have outstanding matches with them. So when I say that, you know, I believe I'm the best in Canada, I I may be the best, one of the best in the world because I have yet to meet my equal. I've yet to meet someone in all my travels, anywhere in wrestling, that has all the skills that I do. I haven't met that person yet. And you know what? There are people who don't have those qualifications that are making six, seven figures on TV. And I'm not, simply because I wasn't born in the right country. That's what it comes down to. If I was born in the States, I'd be on my way to adding a Hall of Fame ring to these two bad boys uh, for professional wrestling. Unfortunately, that's not the case. But it's okay, because we are in the process of telling that story. This is going to be, it'll probably be like a Netflix documentary or something. Uh, My story, my struggle, my country. You know, they'll take the same clip. It'll be in there. We are writing the history books right now, rewriting them, in fact, because I think my story is going to serve as a template to show that you can't keep a good man down, plain and simple.
1: I can to applaud you, man. Like the One thing I, I really like about it is how good you are with words. And I can imagine you get complimented on that, because the way you speak well and just how you say things and phrase things. It's, part of me wish I sort of had that ability, but I like, I'm just like, I by my words, but I've got to point out, man, but... Your story still is uncompl- like, it's not completed yet. Um, there are a few more things I don't want to mention, and then I'll let you enjoy the rest of your day, because it has been a really, really fun episode. Um, one thing I've got to bring up is a couple of years ago, just before he made his return, you were speaking very high of Bobby Lousley. Now, you said that you enjoyed working with him, you you, you know, you, you spoke really high of him, complimented him, but you pointed out that we hadn't had a black champion except for the rock but we you know yeah yeah <laughs> uh the reason but since then he would actually go on to become uh, a champion uh, last year he beat drew mcintyre uh, the Miz. sorry the Miz. uh come paid for your figures war but anyway so i want to ask you how do you feel about his continued success and the fact that he was able to eventually win the WWE championship
2: i cannot say enough good things about bobby lashley and- yeah and from the moment, I mean, Bobby Lashley to me, you have to understand, as a man, as a person of color, yep. um, you know, I'm of I'm mixed race. Uh, my, my, my mother is from the Caribbean. Uh, she was born in Antigua in the Caribbean, came to Canada at a very young age, uh, made a way for herself in a new country. Um, my mother is a hardworking woman and a, and a big inspiration to me. I think that's where I get a lot of my work ethic from. And hearing the hardships of what she had to go through and even myself a lot of the obstacles that were put in my way as someone who looks like this who for example for 15 years I played hockey I was the only person of color I was the only black kid that like was on my team or I would ever play against or see on another team I was the only one in 15 years of playing. that That's how non-diverse it was uh, at that time. And it, for the most part, probably still is. Uh, yeah. You just have to look at the NHL, and that and that's, you know, the very few, very few black players in there. Um, in, in so many things, and so many sports and entertainment, uh, just the obstacles that are there. And so I remember in 2007, when Bobby Lashley wrestled John Cena at the Great American Bash. And I remember going to watch that with my father. And I wasn't, we, we wouldn't really you know, we'd watch the pay-per-views at home and whatnot, but I remember going to watch that um, at a local uh, sports bar at a local tavern uh, because I felt this was going to be a big moment because I really felt Bobby Lashley was going to beat John Cena and we would finally have a black WWE champion. Now, you know, The Rock, okay, yeah, there, there was The Rock, but, you know, The Rock, he's half black, he's half Samoan, so it, it, it's a little different. Bobby Lashley, this would be the first time this is going to happen and unfortunately he didn't win and that always stuck with me. Uh, yeah. leading, up, leading up to that Great American Bash, I was at a a Raw event that they had taped. I think it was the Raw Saturday Night's Main event that they taped together in Toronto. And um, I remember that was when they were building to the John Cena-Bobby Lashley program. And I remember everyone just booing Cena out of the building and everyone cheering Bobby Lashley. And they did this thing after they went off the air because they had done a tag match. It was those two against uh, the great Khali, Umaga, and Shane McMahon. And uh, the heel team ends up winning. And then afterwards... You have a face-off between Cena and Lashley, and Lashley speared Cena, and it was one of the biggest reactions I ever heard live. Mm. That's 2007. They have the match. Unfortunately, Lashley doesn't win, and then he's he's out of the company. And to me, it's just like there was our there was our, our hope, our 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 great black hope. The,
1: the closest moment. we'd get to in years. Yes. In That's years. Closest, closest anyone got we knew shelton benjamin like they had the moment and shelton benjamin was fantastic but i just i don't know what it was they just didn't want to
2: i i i personally was it was never really a big fan of of shelton benjamin to the extent that i was a fan of bobby Lashley. yeah yeah had all all the tools to do people can talk about mike skills all they want or whatever The, the man was over that's the most important thing the people were cheering for Bobby Lashley, and you can go watch the match. They were more behind Bobby Lashley. It's a really
1: good match, by the way, at the, at the bash, like the underrated match.
2: Yeah, I saw on Austin's uh, Austin's podcast on mm. Broken Cell Sessions, they talked about it. And I just think he brought back so many memories that match. I really thought Lashley could do it. So that always stuck with me. Fast forward to like 2011, 2011, 2012. And I'm on a, a show with Bobby Lashley for the first time. Not only that, but, you know, I'm going to pick him up at the, the hotel. And then, like, we're spending the weekend together. And we're on a couple of shows together. I'm driving him around. And, you know, we get to talk, and I'm like, here's Bobby Lashley. This guy, you know, he had the opportunity to work a main event, almost beat John Cena for the WWE title. And now he and I are riding together. And then, lo and behold, we end up wrestling each other. And that that's a great story in itself because he, his neck was kind of hurting him um, because he had been oh, wow. doing, MMA. Yeah, he was doing yeah. MMA at the same time. And he had hurt his neck in training. So the first day, I think he was in a tag match. It was him and uh, I think it was him and Harry Smith against uh, Carlito and, uh, and and RJ City, who's another wrestler from. Uh, he's doing pretty good for himself, RJ City. Um, with the coffee uh, stuff,
1: yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so they did a tag match, and then I was staying with all them. We all stayed in the same hotel that night. And the next day, he was like, "Yeah, my neck's a little sore." And he's like, "I think I'm gonna." He's like, I really like to work with you. This is just after me and him getting to know each other, talking, just talking like two friends. And I remember he went to the promoter, and they had him scheduled to work with Harry Smith. And he said, "Is there any way I could work with Jeremy?"
0: Hmm. And
2: they're like, "Well, maybe we'll figure something out." And like, and he saw my work, and he was a big fan of it. Like, he saw me wrestle. I wrestled Johnny Devine uh, on that first show. He was in uh, TNA for a while. Johnny Devine. With I remember
1: him. I'll take care of Canada. For him.
2: Yeah, and so he saw me work with johnny divine and he was a, a big fan of my work he's like man you have good intensity you're vicious in there and he's like it's strange because i look at you and you kind of look like a pretty boy like you know you come out with the with the coat with the glasses and everything but like but you're vicious in, in his words he's like you're like, a, you're like a vicious mean piece of shit in there you're like <laughs> that was his word He's like you're, like, you're like, you're a mean piece of shit when you're, you're beating on that guy. <laughs> and he's like, I'd love to work with you. We could, we could do such a good match. And so he goes to the promoter, and he's like, I've seen Jeremy work. You know, I'd like to work with him. This is the next thing. And they're like, well, we have you set up to work this match with Harry Smith. And he's like, yeah, but we could do something. Maybe have Jeremy run in. Him and RJ could run in. And uh, it could turn into like a tag match or something. And they're like, well, uh, we'll think, think about it. And, uh, and he's like, let me put it to you like this. My neck is hurting. I don't really feel like wrestling. Either <laughs> maybe I'm gonna sit this one up. <laughs> so he really went to that one. And I've told the story, I don't know if I ever told this part, but like I remember we're putting the match together. Yeah. Now it's Harry Smith against me and RJ City. And putting the match together, they're scheduled to go over. And I remember him going to Harry and being like, Harry, we gotta we gotta change this up, man. How about how about instead of us hitting our finishers on them and winning, we go for the finishers, they sn- out and just roll us up one two three you know let's put them over man let's just like let's put over jerry and rj we should we should do it let's just do it even if they tell us not to do
0: it let's,
1: let's just do it <laughs> <laughs> it's good so- i fucking love this story man you would like a- <laughs> oh, i mean and it's amazing because we get in
2: there and i'm just thinking like okay you know i know what he does i know his big moves he's gonna want to hit me with a domination yeah 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 I'm like, uh, so what do you want to do? You want to give me this move? You want to give me that move? And I'm, I'm excited to take his moves. And he's like, nah, man, let's do your stuff. Let's do let's do some of your stuff. You know, hit me with this. Hit me with, I'm like, so I'm just like, wow, this guy who was on top of the world, who was like, was given the keys to the city against John Cena is here talking about how is he going to make me look good? He wants to make me look good at there. So that, that's been my relationship with Bobby Lashley. This is a guy who, is just a good dude. What a great
1: man, honestly.
2: And you see it, you see it in his work. He wants to make his opponents look good. in yeah. like Every match, you know, if it's in his control. And Bobby Lashley, okay, now he's the almighty. Now, now he's being Brock Lesnar and all these guys. But it's like, you know, think of when he first came back. He was doing competitive matches with guys like like Finn Balor
1: and Sami Zayn. Yeah, just like come on. Like, and I like I like them too. His talent, but no.
2: Like, it, 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 I mean, Bobby Lashley, like, he's, he's a monster. He could destroy these guys in real yeah. life. life. I, I, but I, literally,
1: I, like, 15 in two in Bellator or something like that.
2: Yeah. Like, he would, you know, to me, he'd eat Brock Lesnar alive in, a, in an octagon. If they were to have an MMA fight, Brock, Brock goes out in the first round. I don't care what anybody mm. says. I don't care what, what Brock himself may think. They had that fight. Bobby Lashley is getting the TKO on Brock one round. One round if that fight happens. But this is a guy who's so giving that he knows that he could destroy these guys yeah. and wants to go in there and wants to make them look good, even if it doesn't make sense. Even if what, he wants to go in there and have a good match, make his opponents look good. And, and that's why he's, he's the best, man. Bobby Lashley is the best.
1: Oh, man. Much appreciation for the story and Bobby Lashley just being a great person. That's made me smile as well. I like Lashley. I was very, very happy when he finally won the WWE Championship, I thought it was never happening, I thought it was going to never happen, but um, I think because you spoke positive of him, and I wanted to like bring it back, because that was a couple of years ago when you spoke about him, so, and to hear you still speak positive about him makes me happy as well, man. Um, Yeah, sort of some of the biggest names wrestling, I'm not going to list, I'm not going to list them all, but there is one that has to that to me, and I spoke to you privately about him as well. Uh, Speedball, Mike Bailey, Uh, I saw him live in the UK, a uh, good couple of years ago, against gets well sprayed my first introduction to him. I was blown away, instant fan. Now, you two had a match, a couple Rob months ago, and you two was a special match. And I didn't know it was special at the time, but I just thought it was a very, very good match, like excellent match. Uh, I want you to tell the listeners, um, how is he as an opponent, and how is he outside of the ring? Well, I've known Mike
2: Bailey for 16 years. Uh, We go way, way back. We almost debuted on the same event. I think he debuted maybe a couple of shows after me, three or four for the same company here in Quebec, in uh, Valleyfield, Quebec, for a company called uh, the MWF. And we've known each other a long time. We've traveled together. I've seen him through ups and downs. We've had very different careers because he's taken some time off. He's had some time away from wrestling. He's had some time where he's had to deal with uh people who weren't you know booking him um dealing with some soul searching all that kind of stuff and he's always been someone that i've looked at and i said this guy is a phenomenal talent he's a a generational talent and what people don't realize is you watch a speedball mike bailey match you'll see great action but there's so much great intelligence and smarts and understanding of emotion and storytelling that Mm. goes into it it's not just moves for the sake of moves what he does is meaningful it's it's really art and it might be a thing where maybe now people won't see it as much but i think that once his career is done people are going to look back on his body of work and be like he was so ahead of his time uh even for a time period where wrestling was becoming more advanced and more sophisticated people have no idea idea of, of how smart he is as a performer and a good good person outside of the ring, a uh, fun person to be around, one of my favorite opponents because uh even though you don't see it and he passes himself off as a very humble, benevolent, easygoing kind of guy, he's a competitor. He's a yeah. competitor. He's like me. He likes to win. He's competitive. And when you get two guys like me and him in there, I mean, I, I push all my opponents. I want to push them to their melting point, to their breaking point. Um, you know, I want to really break down all my opponents. Like, how much gas do you have in the tank? How much can you withstand? How hard can you hit? And what I like about him is that he's the same way. He's a competitor. He, you hit him, he will hit you back harder. And I will hit him back harder. And he, and, and really, like, it gets to a point where it, it becomes like, we're just killing each other in there. And then we're friends, so we can get away with it. We can do it. We don't take it personally. It's just competition. I love competition. I hate to lose.
1: You so, see it in the match. Like, I mean, I know you've wrestled like, multiple times, but the match that I was a fan, to, like, i like, oh my God, it's so good, man. Uh, I think I said it before we add on here, so if anyone don't think I'm brown-nosing, I'm not. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, no, I, I know it's a damn good match, and that's, that's by design. That's because I said I want to leave it all on the table. And yeah. while I don't feel... I don't feel you got a hundred percent of what we both have because I really feel like we could we could do even more. Um, there was still a lot left out there, and I just you know that match was coming off the heels of being locked up here in Canada, being locked down, I should say, COVID uh, and um, everything. Yeah, me being this crusade that I'm still on to want to bring awareness to Canadian wrestling. So I wanted that to be the stamp of approval for this is Canadian wrestling. This is how good we are. You know, you don't have to watch Dynamite every week to see these epic great matches. You don't have to watch New Japan to see it. We have guys in Canada who are as good. But the narrative will have you believe that because we are not on TV, because we're not on the MLWs, the other alphabet soup, big name uh, indie feds, the GWs, the PWGs, that that we're we're inferior. And it's like, we're not inferior. You know, I, I use the example, and it shocks a lot of people, that when I say, oh... You know, I'm like, Canada, we're being treated like the Negro Leagues were in Major League Baseball, where it's like, oh, well, you know, yeah, a couple of you guys have have made it. But, you know, unfortunately, uh, the color barrier made it so that those players were segregated from the players in Major Leagues. So that's kind of what it's like in Canada. We can't legally go work in the United States. If we could, we'd blow tons of these guys out of the water. I would God mop the floor with tons of these guys in PWG, GCW, all the so-called big-name indies. I would go in there, embarrass people, make them look foolish, and then people would be t- talking about me. But unfortunately, because we're in Canada and we do the same things, and quite frankly, we do a lot of the things better, but we don't have the same level of exposure, the same kind of fan yeah. base and all these things. So we don't get our just desserts. We don't get that same kind of credit and acclaim for doing the same thing and oftentimes doing it better. So, I wanted that match with Mike Bailey, being that it was on Hannibal TV, 300 and something thousand subscribers. As I like to call Hannibal, he's like the, the Jake Paul of.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Does he like that, by the way?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Jake Paul <laughs> <laughs> of <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Ain't,
2: ain't, ain't that the The Jake Paul of
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, But the, the exposure is there. People are. Yeah, yeah, there. yeah.
1: People know <laughs> what his channel is about, they know.
2: I wanted that match to be an exclamation point on this is Canadian wrestling. And I knew Mike Bailey, I knew I can drag him into deep waters. I knew I could beat the hell out of him in there. He would bring it back just as much. And we could show people like, hey, these are two guys that are worthy of being in a much better place than where they were. And I knew he would find his way to go on to great, greater things. And I know that I will find my way Uh, of making it to a bigger company uh, by hook or by crook because I'm going to do it by any means necessary. I'm going to be like an armored steamroller that's going to demolish anything in my path and I dare anybody to stop me. Uh, I am am aggression personified. I don't have to be humble because being humble don't pay the bills. And when you can deliver and you got the skills, then you are undeniable. Nobody can stand in your way. I don't let anybody stand in my way. You want to stand in my way? It's going to be your funeral, buddy. I
1: love it, man. I I love it. I just... I, I think I, sort of, I forget I'm podcasting. I can just I'm just mesmerised by some things you say. It's fucking awesome. This um, that uh, one or two questions left, and then uh, we shall depart. This. As many
2: as you want, and I'm, I'm having a good time. Say man. Honestly,
1: I'm totally enjoying. It. I think if the, the listeners and the viewers can tell. Like, I'm generally smiling. I think they can tell. Your passion, like it's fucking undeniable. Your passion, my man, and obviously we just had a surprise guest as well. It's, I think it's a really good episode. Like, I think everyone who watches this at this point is going to be very happy. Um, honestly, that match, by the way. But I know there are like, you wrestled Lanny Power who I know you're not a big fan of Scott Steiner, Rey Mysterio, Mike Bailey, who we just mentioned.
0: Hold
2: on, George.
1: Oh, uh, so I went around. I went around.
2: Hold on, hold on. I am a big fan of Lanny Power. Just to clear the air on that, because yeah. a lot of people say a lot of things. My answer is <coughs> always the same thing, okay? You know, Lanny can hate me all he wants. You know, I don't even know why. I hear things here, there, and everywhere. Lanny, Lanny's a <coughs> guy I'll always have respect for. I always like. I had good matches with him. I had yeah. traveling with him. Um, If he doesn't like me, that's on him. He can go to his grave not liking me. I like him. I, I, like I always say, I'll put him on the short list of people that I will always like and always respect. And if he wants to still hate me for no reason, for you know, not even talking to me or anything, he, he can go to his grave like that because I will always like him and respect him. Enjoyed the matches, enjoyed his company. I think he's a good person, a great guy. And uh, I don't want this to be misconstrued that there's any hatred for me towards him because there's... Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I love it man oh, no, I, I got it wrong I don't got it wrong cause I know you like he, yeah you're saying like, oh, he likes me for I don't know why he doesn't like me I really mean, like him though <laughs> which I love <laughs> normally someone's like oh he don't like me he's like oh I don't like him too but you're just like no I like him I really mean, like him <laughs> yeah. that's awesome who are the other people you mentioned this Scott Steiner there was- uh, I mean obviously you mentioned Hannibal as well Scott Steiner Drew McIntyre but there is one wrestler who i know you've been outspoken about before sammy's I now i'm mentioning him because i think the reaction there i think okay maybe it's not the answer i'm kind of hoping for i was gonna ask have you by any chance made any amendments with him since you have spoken about him in the past uh, not saying you've been negative but you've just told it how it is why you dislike him because of how he treated you have things changed since or not
2: Things, things, have, things have not changed. He's still, he's still a rotten snake in the grass. He's uh, still going to be someone who makes for a great soundbite on all these podcasts and people ask me about him. Because, no, there, there is no uh, reciprocity between us. There is no peace treaty. Um, you know, I, I, don't, I, don't, I have no reason to forgive him for his underhanded feelings that he admitted to my face that he did. Uh, just a, a rotten, sneaky human being. Benefit of the doubt. Maybe he's changed. You know, maybe he's uh, become a different person. I don't know that. But if he's anything like the him I remember, uh, yeah, no, he's just a just a rotten human being that did a very bad thing. And uh, I can I can live my life without forgiveness. I can live my life without having to feel like there's something weighing heavily on my conscience. Um, because this person, I have a grudge against. I'm fine living with grudges. I can even say I'm somewhat fueled by grudges. Maybe not the most Christian thing to say, but uh, when it comes down to it, I, I, I just think that what he did is inexcusable. It's yeah. something I would, something that I wouldn't have done to him. It's something I wouldn't have done to somebody else. It's just you know lying and it's using underhanded tactics to advance yourself, which is something I've never been about. I've been in this business, you know, 16 years. I've never put a knife in anybody's back. I've never tried to screw anybody out of anything because my opinion is if somebody has something you want, just work harder than them, just work harder and it'll be yours. Unfortunately, you know, he doesn't have that, that same, or at the time, didn't have that same kind of mentality. And, you know, these things, you you, you reap what you sow when it comes down to it. You know, now he's there. His career is winding down. He's had injuries. I haven't had injuries. I've never had to have surgery. Uh, you know, I've never had to uh, uh, take, you know, painkillers, get injections yeah. in my neck, be able to perform the next day. Like, I didn't tear my two uh, rotator cuffs, you know. I am not, not. I don't have a, a big old bald spot at the back of my head like he does. Like, I mean, you know, he. when it comes down to it, yeah, he may have achieved a certain level of uh, success or whatnot. And I'll be honest. I'll even be honest. There are weeks. He entertains me on TV. I can yeah. say that. You know, I, I'm not going to be like, "Oh, I hate this guy." No, there are some things that he does really well. At one time, he was a really good wrestler. Um, you know, don't be fooled by the whatever it is, phoning it in. He does now on a weekly basis on SmackDown. Uh, there was a time he was a very good wrestler. He was a very good athlete. I think those days are behind him. But when it comes down to it, um, I would I wouldn't trade my life for his life. Not in a million years.
1: Fair enough, man. That wasn't for the sound bite, by the way. It's just, I, f- I feel like there'll be some in the comments. Why well, didn't you ask me about it? I thought maybe by some small chance that you may make amendments, but your reaction said it all, and you've explained uh, it why. I don't, I don't
2: care to make amendments with them. I mean, look, if there was any. This guy, we were at a. Like, I don't even remember the last time I saw him. Uh, And I don't know if we'll ever cross paths. you know, he'd rather go live in the United States and uh, contribute money to their uh, contribute taxes to their economy, uh, while bashing the country at the same time and, you know, making his anti US anti Israeli comments, all these kinds of things. So, um, you know, let let him continue to live his miserable life in his way. Like I said, he entertains me sometimes when he's on my screen. But when it comes down to it, I, I would have no interest in associating or befriending any kind of a human being that has those kind of you know hateful beliefs
1: that's fair man that's fair i understand why you you know it's not cool to sort of stab someone in the back like that but, um i've got one question to ask i think just because it's just popped to my mind and because we had uh Sharkojo on to talk about the Medicine academy you've talked about how you've got into the business yourself if you can give one advice to a listener out there that wants to get into wrestling. What advice would you give?
0: So
2: I was asked this question, a similar question to this, when I did uh, training sessions with uh, Shane Hawk, who uh, was one of the trainers for the IWS dojo here in Montreal. Um, And it was specifically for young wrestlers in Canada uh, wanting to get into wrestling. And my advice to them was uh, get an American citizenship as quickly as possible because that would be the easiest way to get to wrestle on that scene legally and be able to get attention on yourself. But for any wrestler anywhere in the world, maybe even watching in the UK, which uh, I do hope to be able to go and perform for you guys one of these days. Hey, shows, you uh, want, uh, mate,
1: come over, we'll have a beer. Well, obviously, I don't think that'd be in your diet, but we'll have a smoothie. <laughs> <laughs>
2: good. I, I actually don't drink. I've never I've never drank alcohol but uh, I'm I'm totally straight edge, just without the um, The Yeah you know, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of the, the, the music per se, but like the whole idea of no 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 alcohol, no drugs, that's that's kind of always been a me thing. Yeah. Uh, just by but drink. you're not gonna get a tag on your hand and
1: tell everyone about it every five minutes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, there ain't gonna be no X's on my hands, but uh, we can definitely share that smoothie. I was gonna say shout out to uh, World Pro Wrestling. Uh, they got the, an event coming up in uh,
1: Cheltham, If if I uh, if I got the- oh, oh Cheltham, Scorpio, have- Scorpio, sky, yeah, Emma uh, Scorpio, too cold, Scorpio. So who you teamed with, by the way? Uh, this yeah. I know. I've just I know. Just uh, what? Just no, because I have to ask. Bam he's a legend. You have teamed with him. How was he?
2: Amazing, amazing. He's like my my wrestling father. He's uh, he used to live just down the street. Sick. From me. Yeah. He, he, here in Montreal, he was here for a while, and uh, he lived just down the street from me. He was a mentor. He was like a father. Other to me, Tukul Scorpio. Uh, I often say a lot of what I do as as Jeremy Profit, a lot of that was inspired by Tukul Scorpio. You know, from doing moonsaults, four fifties. All the, he was the first guy I saw do that kind of stuff. So yeah, big inspiration and to get to learn from him, to get to team with him, to get to consider him a friend. Like man, what more could you ask for as a as a young uh, you know wrestler coming up in this business? who wants to, you know, be able to achieve anywhere close to the level of success. That he, he said about Mike right. Bailey
1: being sort of ahead of his time. Two-cost Scorpio, I mean, Flash fungus, is one. I, 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 mm. <laughs> I know it's been like nearly 30 years, but like it still bugs me what they did to him. But he got paid, oh, yeah. so. With,
2: with, without a doubt, he was ahead of his time and still going today. And, you know, that that's yeah. amazing. I want to be. I want to be that same thing. I want to be able to be his age, you know, pushing 60 and still able to do this still in shape still Incredible. able to go with all the the great young talent out there it's, mm. it's inspiring seeing guys like him and, and PCO pierre Carl Ouellette uh, still be able to do at their age Yeah, it's amazing and um, yeah it, it, getting back to the initial point I mean, oh sorry the advice uh, from message sorry well, that was it. It's all, it's all good. It's all good. I want to give that shout out to, to World Pro Wrestling, who are eventually going to bring me in one of these days, uh, so I can head up to the UK. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd go in. I challenge Scorpio for his title. I'd go in. I'd fight Scorpio. I'd fight Jody Fleisch. I'd fight Tajiri. You know, I'm I, man. I take no prisoners in there. I would beat the brakes off all these guys. Any single one of them. Put any one of these, uh, these these international talents in front of me, and I will show you that the real international talent to keep your eye on is Jeremy Profit. But. I love um it again backtracking advice for the uh, the young talents out there i would say the same thing i always say which is train your strengths and your weaknesses don't get comfortable don't get complacent don't go out and do the same match every night don't you know just be content of the fact that you can do these couple of maneuvers that'll make the audience react a certain way that you want don't be comfortable just doing one type of promo uh work on your body work on your appearance that's your calling card that's what you're selling if you look like the person in the audience you might as well be in the audience. You know They have to look at you with awe. You gotta be able to walk down the street or walk through an airport and people turn heads and they look at you. Sharpen all your tools. Why, what do you have to lose by working on all of these things? Don't neglect any aspect of professional wrestling. Don't neglect the old guys who might be you know, washed up has-beens past their prime. They probably still have knowledge that they can pass on to you. Uh, I'm, the, I'm the first guy who will say, I can watch all kinds of wrestling and I can see great things. Even if those great things are what not to do. Yeah. And I can also I can also watch backyard wrestling with people who've never been formally trained. And I can see a lot of cool stuff that people inside the box of professional wrestling would never realize and never acknowledge and never be like, wow, I would have never thought. It. It's having an open mind and being like a sponge to everything, but also having a good filter to be able to know what works for you and what doesn't. But yeah. always sharpen your tools, gathering the most knowledge man, I feel like I've never changed since the
1: first day I stepped into wrestling school. I just want to learn everything I can and apply it. I respect that. I hope the listeners out there um, that do want to get mess in the wrestling business have taken a, a massive note of that of what you just said because I think that's some very good advice. I'm someone who just, I like to sit and talk to wrestlers. I have did it once as, uh, why not? You know, but it wasn't for me. I respect anyone, including yourself, that does it.
2: And, and, and George, not to cut you off, but yeah, I
1: got want you it, man.
2: I can also give some advice to people like yourself, not specifically saying you, but the podcasters out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, being that I host JoFo in the Ring, which you can find us on YouTube uh, at JoFo in the Ring. You can follow us on Twitter at JoFo in the Ring. That's, that, that's a bit of advice there is sneak it in the cheap plug. But the actual advice I want to give is when the camera is on, that's the time where you have your audience. Yeah. Give them something worthwhile. Never be boring. Never be boring. Be entertained. Entertain the people with everything you say, with every story. Anyone can sit here. Like, it's easy. Anyone can sit here and, yeah, I've had a good career. And, yeah, I was blessed to get to work with these people. Yeah. Be, entertaining. be entertaining. What was your be favorite
1: match, but? <laughs> be
2: Don't be boring. Like,
1: yeah. you know, how many times you get guys come on your show here and they just sit there and, yeah, yeah, I was really good. Yeah, that was a great match. Yeah, they, they sound like they don't even want to be there. I won't so, comment, but uh, It's happened. It's happened. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so to you to anyone else who wants me on an interview it's like you know you're not going to get a boring interview go on ask me any questions like i told you off the air you don't gotta worry about asking yeah I, I did
1: ask that i mean i asked everyone that but i was just like look
2: I just to cover my tracks no questions i'll answer all questions you know I, I don't have to be under subpoena and on a witness stand
1: to, to have to answer a question i'll answer all questions and you'll get the truth Oh man, I think that's why i well enjoyed this interview. Why I was excited for it, while I was got it. I couldn't originally do the original date, and it's been a fucking blast, honestly, man. Uh, there is one tweet that I want to read up. Uh, it's Matt yeah. from a pro wrestling podcast with Matt and friends. Plug there. Uh, he actually said, Joe Prophet is one of the best man. That's is one of the best man. That's what he types. That's how he typed it. He was my second show ever, and such a badass dude." Ask Jerry Prophet about his IWS title match, win versus WWE legend Rey Mysterio. That's what he's put.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, that was an outstanding match. You can see it on YouTube. It's on the IWS' YouTube channel uh, with myself, Bailey, Jack Evans, and Rey Mysterio. So, really great opportunity to share the ring with exceptional, awesome, once in a generational talent. Rey Mysterio, who I've been a big fan of. Uh, since his days in WCW. Absolutely blew my mind the first time I saw him wrestle Dean Malenko. It, it showed me wrestling could be so different than what I perceived. And I said, you know, I want to be someone like that. I want to have that agility. I want to be able to, to show the people that kind of athleticism, uh, like Rey Mysterio would. And I don't tell this often, but the first time I did SmackDown, I actually did a match on SmackDown back in 2010. I wrestled Kurt uh, Hawkins and Lance Archer in a, a squash match on smackdown and yeah trust me it wasn't me squashing them although it should <laughs> uh, I, I remember that ray was one of the most supportive people ray was one of the few people who was like i'm gonna watch that match and he had his own match later on in that show uh and he's like i'm gonna watch that match i'll see how you do ray was just so supportive uh last guy to leave the locker room Le- legitimately everyone left ray was the last guy to leave that night took time to talk to me and then, lo and behold, years later, not even that many years later, uh, six years later, uh, he and I are wrestling in this title match at IWS with Mike Bailey and Jack Evans. Uh, got to work with him in the ring. You guys can see the footage there on YouTube. And, uh, yeah, Ray put me over huge. And who knows? You know, Maybe one day Ray and I will do battle again. But so definitely someone I have a, a ton of respect for and uh, someone who is a true legend, easily a Hall of Famer. And uh, I can't say enough good about Ray Myst- Scenario. That match, one of the highest points of my career, getting that, getting the win on top of it in that match in front of all those people, my hometown crowd, uh, packed crowd of like uh, 1,200 people. So over 1,000 people in attendance at a great venue here in Montreal. Uh, can't say enough good about it. And, uh, yeah, looking forward. I would run it back with each one of those guys. Jack Evans, you know, I, I tossed him on his head a couple of times in there. i gladly do it again. Mike Bailey, you know, I, no one's beaten Mike Bailey more than me. I got that kid's number. And uh, it's almost to a point where I feel he might be ducking me these days because he knows what's in store for him. He knows what happens when we get <laughs> uh, And I think that that's a little, little too much smoke for him to handle. I think he'd rather go fight those soft wrestlers in Impact who aren't going to uh, – put as much of a a toll on his uh, already, you know, fleeting career or what's left of it. Um, But, you know, truth be told, nothing but respect outside the ring. Once we get in there, though, all bets are off. And, uh, yeah, you know, if Ray doesn't decide to hang up the boots and mask in the next couple of years, who knows what could happen? Who knows? My stock is on the rise. And uh, it wouldn't surprise me if we crossed paths once again. So, uh, yeah, great match, great memories. And uh, we'd love to run back with each one of those guys
1: man honestly um i think i think there's a part two in the making to be honest mate i think i really do um i, I think there's still some bits and bobs i, I can talk about i mean like, like coco beware or oh, yeah. you need to put that story on botch mainly by the way that story of you and coco beware <laughs> matthew will love it please reach out to him like he will because you've got the footage as well it's, it's fucking great um it's, it's on youtube i don't know if anyone doesn't know what about but
2: it's it's, no, <laughs> it's no, really you know, good
0: i gotta i gotta say about i got to say about Coco Beware,
2: I mean, yeah, we've been talking about it a little bit, and uh, you, have, you have given me the idea to maybe send that out to Matthew, uh, since I am a big fan of Botromania. I've only been in it twice. Uh, oh.
1: Have you done enough. the intro yet? You need to do an yeah, intro. I'm not, no, I'm not uh, I'm, not, I'm
2: not well known enough to do an intro yet, but I would
1: gladly do My, Honestly, there's uh, people like that I've seen, but trust me, just do an intro, send the footage, you will be fine, trust me.
2: Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't Matthew? He's from your neck
1: of the woods, is he not? Uh, he is. He's from England, but he's from Newcastle, so that's okay. about uh, about five hours away.
2: Okay. Okay. So yeah. Good to know. Good, good, I
1: good to
2: know. that. Yeah, no, I've only appeared twice, and it was I was not doing the botch. Uh, I, I do botch. It has happened. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's one of those rare occurrences, like a. Uh, like a, you know, like a lunar eclipse or like, uh, <laughs> uh, it, it has happened uh, on occasion. Most of my botches are usually at home, not not in the ring in front of fans. But uh, w- when it comes down to it, uh, I was in it twice and uh, I will consider that story. But for Coco Beware, I mean, look, I, I feel like maybe I might have been a little harsh on him because, he, you know, he's been through a lot and he's someone who, like, the more I talk to people, older generations, they love Coco Beware. Yeah. They... I, I think that I was maybe a little harsh on him in, in that story that I tell, and I, I do have a bit of uh, a, a bit of remorse about, you know, how I may have gone a little overboard. You know, I, I, I've learned to, you know, put myself in other people's shoes, and who knows, maybe he had a long day, maybe he had a long flight, whatever it might have been, but, but uh, it's one of those things that I look back on, and I'm like, I, you know, it could be where I I'm willing to give him a pass. Yeah,
1: you know, I think he was. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the footage of him by the way when he fucks up that job up? <laughs> oh my God. I, 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 it's before WF and he just goes to the ring. Apparently the the, the guy says oh, something racist backstage. I don't know. I'm not the rest business, yeah. but oh my god. It's like Coco! He, I won't fuck with Coco. If anyone there's there's two things now you've got on YouTube now. Uh you know, YouTube, J Profit, Coco Beware. Uh it's quite it's really funny to be honest. It's definitely worth it. and uh, when you see the footage. And Coco Beware. Snaps at job. I can't remember the actual word and I- I'll look up later on. But definitely worth checking out. Um, actually, well, here's one thing actually. I have another tweet as well. Uh, it's part of that tweet as well because you actually mentioned Jack Evans, so you've really, spoke- really spoke about him. We spoke about Mike Bailey, Rene Dupree. That's part of the tweet. Yeah. Uh, you wrestled him uh, for your Canadian title. How was he in the ring and outside of the ring? Well, actually, I have
2: an upcoming match with Rene Dupree. That's oh,
1: okay. So I'm just uh, at the question. Uh, uh, thoughts on wrestling? Oh, okay, so I didn't no, say. I have,
2: I have wrestled. I have wrestled Renee before. I wrestled. I wrestled Renee um, in Maine. Uh, we had a one-on-one. First time we ever wrestled was in Maine. Yeah, and that was that was also where we first met. We we didn't wrestle the first show that we were on, but on a subsequent show we had a one-on-one. And then I went to tour because he was very impressed with me on that show, and he was looking for wrestlers in Canada and. He decided to book me on his father's tour, which was all throughout the Maritime. So the Maritime provinces, Prince Edward Island, uh, Nova Scotia, New Brunswick. We did a 30-day tour, 30 shows in 30 days, Sunday to Sunday, no days off. I, loved ah. I was I was working double duty on those shows. I was working as Jeremy Prophet and I was working as Spider Man. So I did. six 16- okay. I did more than 60 because and yeah. if you, I did more than 60 because some nights I would do the opener as Jeremy Prophet, and I would wrestle a great wrestler from out west here in Canada, Bobby Sharp, and then I would wrestle as uh, Spider-Man and then I would come back for the main event either as Spider-Man with faces or as Jeremy Prophet on the heel side uh, with Renee leading a team on uh, face side. So we got to work almost every night, Renee and I. We'd go in there, we'd change it up a little bit, do some yeah. spots, uh, whether it was, you know, hundreds of people, whether it was 20, 30 people in the audience, Renee, the one thing I love about him was he would always say, guys, go out there and you give a hundred percent. Nobody, nobody drags ass on this show. He's like, if I'm going out there and I'm diving off the top rope and I'm taking crazy bumps and doing all these things. I expect it from everybody else. The man would lead by example. And he's like, he would tell me, man, we want the 450 every night. We want the moonsault every night. And I was just, and it's just like, I was just like, yeah, yeah, I got it. Because if this guy's going out there and he's killing himself to be able to hopefully get more people the next time we come back to that town in attendance, then I got to do it too. So that's what was great about working with Renee, Renee the promoter and the boss, um, and also getting to work with him in the ring. Because Renee is another one. He, he brings it. You know, Renee is... He's a tough, tough man. He hits hard yeah. and it. And, and he's a professional. I mean, you look at it, the man's in shape. Uh, you watch him work. He knows how to work and really how to, how to work, not just how to go in there and do a couple spots here and there. No, he, he knows how to tell a story and how to work. And uh, I think Renee is another great Canadian talent that probably didn't get as much as he deserved because uh, he's a guy who could easily be a top wrestler in any of the top promotions in the world right now. And I feel very fortunate to get a chance to share the ring with him but uh, don't mistake my my kindness for weakness. You know, I'm going to be looking to put as much of a beating on him as he does on, on me. And uh, I think in the end, the people are going to enjoy it. But I also see myself coming out victorious because, uh, hell, you know, anyone wants to step to me, they're going to get it. They can all get it. And Renee will just be the next one in line. But once it's all said and done, I'll be happy to look him in the eye, shake his hand, and tell him, hey, that was a hell of a fight. Anytime you want to do it again, let's do it.
1: Love it, man. Love it. Ray uh is awesome, by the way. I think he's one of those underrated guys. Like really I mean he, he had like a decent run double WWE. like a pretty good one, but just after this shit with Holly and stuff like that. But I'm glad that he's still active as well. I thought you've missed him in the UK when he's been here. So fucking really annoying. I was on holiday when he came down here, so I was like really gutted. But no one cares about me. Jerry Prophet, where the fans can they fan let me try that again. Jerry Prophet, where can the listeners find you on social media? Fuck that one up completely. There we go. <laughs> so at the, at
2: the place, it's all good. It's all good. We'll send it to Botchamanias. The uh, best place they can find you is on Twitter. You want to find me. You want to contact me. You want to make sure that you get a response from me. Twitter is the best place at Jeremy Profit. J-E-R-E-M-Y-P-R-O-P-H-E-T. Sounds even better than what Jeff Jarrett used to spell out his name. Uh, uh, you can find me on there. You want me for a podcast. You want me for an interview. You want to book me um i don't really sell merch uh, i quite frankly don't need the money uh, but yeah if you want to hit me up for merch i can maybe hook you up with something on there twitter is the best place at jeremy Profit. if we can even put it on the screen in writing at jeremy prophet that would be amazing and then we'll see how many people actually follow me because uh, i can definitely use more followers just because you know in canada People don't really use Twitter. I don't know if you if you know that, but Twitter is not.
1: I mainstream. have noticed that with the Canadian yeah, talents Canada that I've had. Has... What what was There's that? No tra-
2: no Twitter in Canada. People don't know about it. It's not mainstream. It's wow. just kind of an underground thing. Like I don't know that. Like I'm probably one of the biggest proponents of Twitter in, in my province because people just don't know about it. It's just yeah. not that big. Um, so that's really one of the best places to find me. Um, you can find me on Instagram. At the real Jeremy Profit, um, you can also find me on Joefo in the Ring every week, uh, which I'd encourage people to go to the YouTube channel. And- it's
1: good. It's uh, uh, good. Can- I will give you praise for your podcast. It's good.
2: Yeah, we big fan. People amidst everything, we got up and coming independent superstars. We got yeah. X WWE superstars. We got people from you know all the main companies, Ring of Honor, MLW. Uh, people from overseas, even. So we also wanna make sure the shows are entertaining. So even if it's not an episode that you might, you might not care about the guests or the subject, you're gonna be entertained. I think Kyle, my my co-host is hilarious. Mm. I think the energy that Frank brings to the show is absolutely contagious. And I think that I'm kind of the glue that holds everything together. I'm unpredictable. So you never know what you're gonna hear, what I'm gonna say. Uh, Yeah, I think we just have the perfect mix of something for everybody. And that's why the show delivers. So if you like what you see, take the time to subscribe. Every little bit helps. If you're not subscribed to this show, then what the hell is wrong with you? Because George here is putting out one hell of a product and has had a ton of great episodes, ton of great guests. I'm fortunate to be amongst the alumni that have appeared on here. And so if you're not already subscribed to this, it takes literally seconds. Do Jeremy Profit a favor. Subscribe to his show. Subscribe to my show. Follow me on Twitter. And believe me, you will get your money's worth.
1: Thank you, Jerry. Thank you. This has been a brilliant, brilliant episode. You never know what happens on what you call a podcast. Your podcast as well. I love it. I really do. It was actually, I think it's more, it actually, my introduction to you than the wrestling, believe it or not. So, yeah. So it's good to have the podcast bringing fans as well. So it's awesome, man. But I'll put all your details in the description below because I'm a nice guy and I've really enjoyed this interview as well. But everyone that's listened to this episode, there is going to be more episodes of What You Call it podcast coming out next week. But for now, everyone, because it will be coming out over the weekend, I hope everyone has a brilliant weekend. Take care, everyone. The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonners Podcasting Network, found exclusively at WrestlingWithJonners.com.